Here's Paul. Dallas has a foul to give. Booker on a three. He got it. Devin Booker gives Phoenix a one-point lead with five from long range. Durant's got 11. Craig goes down. Durant has got a highlight. Remaining. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. Welcome back to a very strange episode of the Sports Bits podcast. Um, we're short one guy today, um, and arguably he's the most important because it's his camera that we used to record. Uh, so right now we uh, changed the studio a little bit. Right now we're in my room. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're going to try to keep this one a little bit short, but you know, just run through some stuff. Figure we might as well put some content out for you guys. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. All-Star Weekend. Um yeah, that's that was kind of my reaction as well. Like, I, I think that this <clears throat> the way to sum up All Star Weekend was just that it was a fat mid. Yeah, <laughs> everything was really mid, and like certain things were so like there was very low lows for sure. Yeah, but um, the All Star game specifically was pretty much exactly what we would expect from an All Star game. It was pretty interesting, but I kind of just want to run through everything in order ish. So Friday, you got Rising Stars. Yep. So Rising Stars, I thought was cool. I like the new format they did with the little mini bracket. Yeah, you I thought, and I watched that together. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think they made it more interesting, yeah. like, to watch instead of just having it be like a, oh, we're going to, you know, have these two teams go against each other for, like, lack of a better term, shits and giggles. Right. You know, it was like a little bit more on the line, even though you don't really win anything. Yeah. But still, I thought that was cool. I thought it was interesting. Um <clears throat> For me, I, I thought it was a little bit weird, uh, the scoring. But that's just because, like, you know, like, I wasn't a yeah. big fan of, like, being going to 50 and then 25 for the final game. Yeah, I feel I, like, if anything, it should have been the other way around. Yeah, exactly. I know what we were talking about um, as well. But uh, it, was, it, it definitely worked. I think that they got, like, some more people to be interested in it yeah, again. Because, like, it is definitely so. not, like, the most exciting thing on All-Star Weekend, which is why it's no. always the first one. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, no, they tried, and I thought it was—I thought it was cool. I liked how they uh, like shortened the teams to only seven members. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. they had five starters five, and two five. subs. Yeah, and yeah. then they also did, or no, I think it was—I think they had nine, nine. Right? because I think it was four rookies, four sophomores, plus one G League night player. Oh, okay, team, I, see. I, see. I think yeah. I know they had some. Thing where it was an even number of rookies and sophomores, but either way, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I was kind of surprised that Anthony Edwards didn't play at all. Yeah, almost it was like nine minutes or something. Yeah, he but, played. Uh, he played in the first game <clears throat> and didn't play in the final. Yeah, right? I don't. Yeah. I don't know what was up with that. Um, you can. I don't even know if you can find like a box score of this because yeah. they don't even have it on ESPN. But either way, Rising Stars. I thought that was kind of a dub. Yeah, uh, cool. for for All Star Weekend, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, then Saturday. Saturday was. Lackluster. Yeah. It's really, really lackluster. Um, so they added a new format for the skills challenge um, where they have three teams. Uh, this year, they had Team Cavs, Team Rooks, and Team Atetokounmpo. So they had the three Atetokounmpo brothers, uh, three rookies. It was Josh Giddey, Scotty Barnes, and I cannot remember the last person, Jesus Christ. Um, but then Team Cavs had Jared Allen, Evan Mobley. And no, not Jared Allen. It was Evan Mobley. Um, Darius Garland and somebody else. I'm forgetting who's on these teams. I didn't bring it up. Point is, Team Cavs won. It was pretty interesting. Um, 
the way they did it, they had a whole new format. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I know they had a passing segment, uh, a shooting segment, um, and then a relay race kind of thing. At the yeah. End. Um, so yeah, Taco Bell Skills Challenge, pretty cool. Um, Real quick, I want to I want to backtrack just a hot second because I just it just popped in my head. Um, the little challenge that the rising stars did oh god oh yes how could we possibly forget about probably arguably probably the greatest shaft in full military that was so fun so for those who didn't see it scotty barnes they so it was the clutch challenge yeah it was the clutch challenge so basically you want to explain so basically the clutch challenge was essentially it showed five uh different Mm -hmm. five or six different shots um, across the court that were like iconic. So like it had one that was from Barkley. It had one from Dame when he uh, beat the uh, the Thunder in the playoffs. It had uh, Ray Allen's infamous uh, three point corner shot uh, to win the Heat title. You know shots like that. So it was it was pretty cool. Um, and <laughs> each there were two there were three teams of two. Oh, it was I think the one that we're about to talk about was Magic's hook shot. Yeah, the, I think it was. So, it was Magic's hook shot. So the one the one that we're specifically going to mention is Magic's hook shot, where um it was basically a layup, and uh Scotty Barnes and who was the other uh, player? Uh, it was Scotty Barnes and um oh, somebody from his team. Was it Desmond Bain with him? I think it was Desmond Bain. I think. <clears throat> but I could be, I could be wrong. But yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. Scotty Barnes missed four layups in a row. Like in a row, bricked. I think it might have even been more than that. But he yeah. this this guy bricked a. I mean, I think he could have like not jumped and basically outstretched. Yeah, he would have been able to just drop it in the bucket. Basically, pretty much. It, it was, was sad. It was it was really it was sad. embarrassing. <laughs> it was put on Twitter immediately. Oh, five seconds afterwards. I mean, how do you not? Like that was insane. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. Yeah, because that was. I just awful. had to mention that. No, I mean, I'm funny. I'm glad you did. That was absolutely brutal. That was brutal. <laughs> I did like the that they did the clutch challenge. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was cool as well. I yeah. liked it. Um. Until Scotty Barnes got <laughs> um, Then three-point contest. So three-point contest yeah. is always an interesting one. I like watching the three-point contest um, just because, I mean, we take a lot of threes now in the NBA. Yeah. We, like I play. And it's like um, they never changed the format of that, too. Like it's yeah. always been I think consistent. They've, they've only added the Mountain Dew extra yeah. I, ball. I think that they only that changed the realistically like the score from mm-hmm. 30 to 40 I think because of the mountain mm-hmm. new balls which yeah. is totally fine um, yeah it was it's stayed consistent the same yeah. I think they've had the same shots you get one money rack mm-hmm. money ball for the last shot yep. five balls per rack I believe yep. um, so yeah consistent it's, I like it, it. it's really nice three point contest is always <laughs> interesting in my opinion mm-hmm. but this year so there was a lot of talent like when you look at the list, there was a lot of talent. Okay, you had Trey Young, you had Luke Kennard, who's more of a role player on the Clippers, but one of the better three point shooters. He was favorite sure. to win, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, which I, I mean, I, I, I think he only lost by three points or something yeah. in the final. But either way, um, you had Patty Mills as well. Um, so I, I was really happy to see that. I was a Nets fan. Um, Patty Mills. Uh, Trey Young, I think I mentioned him. Zach Levine was up there as well. There was a handful of others um, as well. Just really solid three-point shooters. Fun fact, Zach Levine scored 14 points in the first round, which is pretty bad when 40, I think it's yeah. 40. Yeah, 40 is the top score that you can yeah. possibly get. So I don't know what happened with him, but that was unfortunate. Um, so a lot of lackluster performance from the first round. Then the second round, you have... Notice how I haven't mentioned the winner yet, because if you haven't watched it, you're going to 
probably not believe us. Yeah. Um, but it was it was Luke Kennard, Trey Young, and another guy, the winner in the finals, and it was not Luke Kennard nor Trey Young yeah. that came out with the win. It was this MF Cass, Carl Anthony Towns came out the, with the win. The three-point contest. What the absolute hell? <laughs> I don't know where where that came from. I didn't even know that he was going to be in it. He's frankly. not even that good of a three-point shooter. Yeah, I mean, like, he's pretty solid three-point shooter for his size. Yeah, playing the center Like, position. not that good I didn't way think to that, beat out these guys. Seriously, I didn't think that he was, like, three-point contest, you know. Material. Seriously, but he came out with the win. Um, it's good for him, I guess, but that was strange. Yeah. Um, and then by far the lowest point of the night and the lowest point of the entire All-Star weekend, um, the dunk contest. Most of the motherfuckers in that shouldn't have even been in the contest. No. So the dunk contest was just atrocious. Yeah. If you've seen anything on Twitter about it, on Instagram, it was probably the worst dunk contest ever. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we're so used to seeing... Like recently, you see all the videos from the 2016 dunk contest, which is probably the best, best yeah. ones that we've ever had. Yeah. Um, arguably one of the best dunks with Aaron Gordon jumping over the Magic's mascot. Exactly. Um, Being jumping the three throw lines. Like, like those are those are iconic dunk contest dunks. May never be topped. Yeah. So you kind of have to think like, all right, if we're expecting that, obviously we're going to be a little bit disappointed. But this year. This year, this one, it was it was bad. Yeah, this year was especially bad because, like, bad. even like if you look at some of the past stone contests, like they haven't been great. Like, but like I think that uh, one that comes to mind was the one that Donovan Mitchell was in when uh, he recreated Vince Carter's. Uh, oh yeah, dunk mm-hmm. and like that one, like a lot of people shit on, but this one, this one was just. Terrible. Oh yeah, it was a bit like it was, was god off. First of all, like, and I, I'll just say the winner, like Obi Toppin, he won. Um, does anyone really care? No. Did like anybody really want anybody to win when the the, the players were announced? No. Like, yeah, there was a crappy lineup to begin with. Yeah, there know? was no. They didn't get the good dunkers in the league, and they—I feel no, like they screw that up so much. Not only did they not get the good dunkers in the league, but they didn't get any like fan favorite player. No, period. You know, no. like you never—you didn't see. They're all any, young guys too. Yeah, which is great. I love the fact that they use the young guys, but like you see these guys, Jalen Green, okay, Cole Anthony. Mm. Juan Toscano-Anderson, which I thought that was a strange pick to begin with. And then Obi Toppin, okay? Obi Toppin was by far, like, the most famous yeah. in the whole contest. And maybe call Anthony um, now because he's been popping off this But even season. then, but like, I mean, yeah. you know, you almost had want to give it to Jalen Green just because he was the second overall pick. But exactly. watching these guys, so nobody landed their first attempt, which just sucked the energy right out of them to begin with. Nobody, like, you, you missed your first dunk. It's like, all right, maybe build some anticipation, yeah. right, if you had a cool idea. Right. Okay. Um, so we watched Cole Anthony try to dunk four times in Tim's. Now, first off, dunking in Tim's is difficult. It's definitely difficult. Is it dunk contest worthy? Probably not. Like, dude, like I had, a, I, I was friends with a dude in high school. Um, shout out Chris Cutlet. Um, but uh, he, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> he, uh, he would wear Tim's all the time in, in in school, and they're like, he was a good basketball player. Kid had mad hops. Yeah, like first try, fucking walks into the gym has uh, has Tim's on dunk. Yeah, like, like come on, like, like it's not that hard, but yeah, like it's I mean, it's definitely harder. 
Like, yeah, I, and I think four I, tries, four. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was strange. And then Jalen Green had like a couple cool ideas, but he didn't end up nailing any of them. Um, and then I think all of this it kind of sucks because Obi Toppin did win, and he, to be fair, he had some creative dunks. Yeah, he had like two creative dunks, I think, that were like really like okay, that was kind of cool. Um, and that's totally overshadowed by the fact that this dunk contest sucked. Yeah. Um. So we're done with that. I wrote in the notes i don't want to talk about it and we talked about it but oh my god that was so bad um then the all-star game the all-star game was like i said exactly what it should be high pace action no defense yeah just pure scoring and it was awesome we watched steph drop 50 16 threes to get there wins the all-star mvp as well um no surprise yeah seriously 16 threes not to mention it was on 59 percent shooting mm-hmm. from three which it is the all-star game so obviously you know no defense but still shooting 60 percent from three with 16 threes a couple of those were like insane. fucking far oh yeah shots, absolutely man. for sure i know one of them trey young tried to close out on yeah. him and i gave him a little pump fake and put it right past he turned, him and he turned away immediately yeah he knew he knew it was going in yeah. he just stayed right out it was, it was pretty cool. badass he had the hot hand that night 100 absolutely and i know i think nobody else could have possibly won the all-star mvp so i'm happy that steph did it and he did it in epic fashion as well yeah. um minutes minutes were strange it seemed weird i did not understand some of the minute choices i know joel Embiid played 31 minutes john Morant played 18 yeah i wanted more jaw it was jaw's first year he was a starter yeah i don't i, I wanted jaw I, I assume everybody else wanted jaw um i i didn't get no jaw i was pretty pretty upset about that um jaw i'm jaw i'm jaw i saw no jaw uh i really wish we saw more of him um Devin Booker, I know, um, yeah, played yeah. 18 minutes or something. Like, the minutes were strange. Was I don't know very, what was going on. Very odd and mm-hmm. strange. Flip Fred uh, Van Vliet as well only played. I think he almost played, like, single digits. Yep. Zach Levine played 14 minutes. So, and then the guys that a lot of people wanted to see didn't play a lot. And then guys like Giannis and Joel Embiid and LeBron played a whole bunch of minutes and it's like okay you know it's like we get it you're good but whatever so last thing we're gonna say about all-star weekend lebron went two for 11 from three in the all-star game which just blows my mind because it's like the all-star game nobody plays defense i feel like you should shoot better than two for 11 and if you're not hitting it like just stop there but obviously he didn't but um as james is right that's a perfect segue into this little mini segment that I like to call LeBron James Shadow GM. So, um, Dude, after, so yeah, so, so th- this is pretty bad. We were um, even getting heated in the car. Yeah, like, we were just driving over to Taco Bell, which crispy chicken, new crispy chicken taco. Okay, I put them onto it. I'm not sponsored. Not, not sponsored, <laughs> but go, go check it out. Um, it, no, it, it was pretty great. But yeah, we were just getting mad about it in the car because we're thinking, okay, so LeBron James has now been in the league for, wow, I don't even know, but it drafted in 2003. Am I wrong? Four? Almost 20 years. Six, 19 years. Something like that. I'm just going to pull it up. I have my computer right here. Um, point is, he's been around for quite a while, okay? And obviously, everybody knows who. 2004 is first season. His experience. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So 18, 18 seasons in the league right now. And this man has more hold in the front office than any GM, coach, president, um, anything, anything you want in owner, whatever it is. 
Um, I even go as far as to say as possibly even commissioner. Yeah, I mean, seriously, this is like, he, he was calling him Lake Le Commish. Um, I like to call him the Shadow GM, but <laughs> whatever you want to call him, uh, he's got a lot of pull in the front office right now, and it's starting to tick a bunch of people off, yeah. fans included. Um, so just to give you a quick rundown of basically what he's done. Um, so he leaves Cleveland in his first stint, goes to Miami. People were not super happy about that. Pissed. People burned were, his jersey. Yeah, like people Pissed. People were mad about that, right? Wins two chips there, blah, 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 whatever. Comes back to Cleveland to like a standing ovation. Welcome which, to arms. Which yeah. you're like, what? You guys literally just burned his jersey like four seasons ago. Whatever. That's fine. Okay, so LeBron comes back. And by this point, like he has clearly established himself as a dominant presence. Like one of the best players to ever do it. Um and now he comes back into Cleveland and he's older now. He is m- more mature, you know, not to say that he was immature at any point, but like he understands the business aspect of the league a lot better now, as opposed to just the playing aspect. I would say that um, he's at, at this point now, he's um, top tier, if not the like knows the most about how the NBA is run as a business. Mm-hmm. So he's like very well-respected veteran. Yeah. Very well-respected veteran um, of knowing just everything about the NBA. So he comes back, right? And now he's got all this all this pull in, in the front office, right? You know, he's talking to president, talking to GM about what Kyrie Irving's role should be. Right. Um, you know, and like how they should use Kyrie Irving with LeBron and what LeBron wanted from Kyrie Irving, which also is like a mentor aspect of it, obviously. You would listen to it. But um, you have to realize that, um, or at least think that there's definitely something going on in the front office there, especially with Kyrie asking out just a few years after LeBron, you know, uh, wanted out as well. And I was just going to mention that, like that, for me at least, that was the biggest tell that Kyrie being, wanting to be his own leader when that first came out in the the public, Mm -hmm. you know, he, I think that that was a big tell into LeBron possibly overstepping his boundary as somebody who's in charge of the team. Yeah, definitely. Like when that happened, a lot of people were like, where'd you get that idea from? Yep. Kind of deal, you know? Yeah. And obviously you want to be go your own leader. Fine, obviously. But um, I mean, you have to think that LeBron James had a little bit something to do with that. But now all-star weekend, LeBron goes on a basically a PR tour, if you want to call it that, um, where he starts praising all uh, a bunch of GMs. Like there was like a three or four from uh, whatever teams, one of them being the Cavs, starts praising the GM. He's like, oh, this GM's doing great things, blah, blah, blah. I love what they're doing over there. Um, and is very specific to not mention the Lakers GM. Um, LeBron, obviously not happy with what's going on. In Los Angeles yeah. right now. Um, the whole Westbrook situation <laughs> clearly has not worked out. That is very obvious at this point. Um, and you can tell that LeBron's not happy with it, but you also have to think, wasn't this kind of your idea? Yeah. Also, yeah. like to bring Westbrook here Agreed. and keep Mellow, like the veteran, or no, get Mellow over there, you know, like make these veterans come onto this team and essentially build like the expendables of the NBA. That's really what it is. It's a bunch of these yeah. old guys who just want to make like one last run at true, it. True. Um, yeah, that's totally what it is. It, yeah. you know, it's literally the expendables. Um, so it, it's kind of like, 
okay, like, what are you doing with that? You know, like, you're not really owning up to the, I don't even know if you want to call it a mistake, but the choices that you made just as a player and as someone who has that kind of pull in the front office. And then this was like the last straw for me. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. He says he will play his last season with his son. He will play, no debate. He says, however that's going to happen, I'm going to make it happen. So we knew that this was going to be a possibility at some point, right? But the fact that he's gone on record to the entire world, the entire basketball world saying, I will be playing with my son. That's not up for debate. Yeah. I mean, what do you even make of that? The, the, at first glance, you're like, oh shit, like that's pretty, pretty cool. You know, like yeah. as a fan, like that's like something that I think people would be interested in seeing. Yeah, absolutely. But at the root of it, you have to, as us, people who are analyzing basketball, you have to look at it a little bit deeper and be like, look, you can't you can't publicly state that you're gonna play on a different team or if it's the same team and like you you will play with your son like that and then there's no debate with that like that is just a giant middle finger to the entire league saying I don't care what happens I'm moving myself and like no one's gonna have a say whether it be the GM whether it be the president whether it be the commissioner it's happening yeah. like that is some bullshit and I hate it I hate that yeah it was it was definitely a a, a dick move for lack of a better term um <clears throat> you know it's like that's great you want to play with your son yeah it's like congratulations okay like the fact that you see you you've seen a lot of um guys where it's like Okay, someone who's been in the league for a long time has played, like Melo, for example, he's played against Gary Payton, yep. right? And now he's playing against Gary Payton's son, yep. right? And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool, right? Right. But then it's like, you're going to play with your own son. That's like, okay, that's like really crazy. You know, that's like really a testament to your own longevity. Right. And, and also, really cool. Exactly. But yeah, to say like, screw you, LA Lakers, I'm moving. You know, like period. Wherever my son gets drafted, exactly. It's it's like, come on. I mean, that's ridiculous. And now, yeah, there's a totally other side, implicated side to this thing, where now his son's drafts, his son's draft stock is going to go through the roof because a team now knows if we pick up Bronny James, we're also going to get LeBron James, Um, which even he's going to play one season there. Now, a lot of teams who have Pete, because LeBron also said it's not about the money. So you can give him like a vet min contract, probably. Yeah. That's probably, probably what he's going to have to take. Probably. You know, it's also going to be crap. I mean, at that point, realistically, what is it? How old is he right now? We got to be 38. He's 37 now. Okay. And 37. his son isn't eligible to be drafted for another two years. Right. So he's so going to be 39 at the end. He's going to be 39 turning 40. At the youngest. At the youngest that, mm-hmm. is, that his son gets in the league. I mean, I. I find I, at this point, yeah, it's crazy. Like we were talking about this in the car that it's crazy that already like LeBron is still having the production that he's at, at the age that he's at. But dude, when you hit that 40 mark, something else happens, man. In my, so, I mean, like, seriously, you really like you, your body's got to, your body can't take some it. Point. You can't take it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if even LeBron, even LeBron, one of the greatest players on the planet. Yeah. I don't know if his body could handle the age of 40. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, something's gotta something's gotta happen. Like when you turn 30, 40, yeah. like you said, and especially his play style too. I mean, like he's a truck. 
Oh yeah, he no, uses his body exactly. for a lot it's, of it. It's not like he's this like shifty guard kind of guy right. who like slips in and out of defense. No, he like attacks the rim. Yeah, like constantly, you know, and is like a pretty vicious dunker sometimes. Like forty years old, and you know what? If he can do that, then I don't even know what you can say to that. But other than like, I mean, tip your hat to that kind of stuff. Even some but, of the dunks that he does, like I'm just like, dude, that's gotta hurt your wrist. I mean, seriously, wild. bro. I mean, you're. 37 years old, you know? Slamming your like, wrist in the rim. Seriously. And you know what? I mean, and with that kind of hairline, I mean, you're doing, you're doing all that? I mean, damn. Just go the ball. <laughs> yeah, literally. What was, I think there was, um, they did like two like side-by-side comparisons. They were like, this is what happened when like Jordan started to lose his hair and then he just went full bald and like his stats like yeah, coincidentally crazy. increased. Um, and then like Kobe, like the same thing. Kobe's yeah. like scoring production became like more when yeah. um he shaved his head Got so, Froby. so they were like dude just like do the little ball yeah. you know except his production's gonna go down <laughs> i mean it, it has to it literally can't go up from here it can't go up he's averaging 29 points on the season at 37 years old it cannot go up from there um and if it does then i don't even know what to say about age honestly you might as well just start drafting 40 year olds For real. at the gym because i mean if you go to those pickup gyms dude you yeah. see some of those like old ass dads they got they got a wet jump shot. Oh, for sure. You know, for like sure. you got to start drafting those yeah, guys. Getting and, over to the Y and hanging out. With yeah, I mean, seriously. If you ever, if you haven't played pickup basketball at the Y, we got some sharp shooters <laughs> over at the Y. It's it's pretty incredible. Just don't play with the guy that wears his jersey. Facts. That guy is, just is annoying, probably. But if you see like some like forty year old guy like putting up bank shots with a headband on, that guy knows what he's doing. That dude will yeah. not miss all yeah. game. I promise you. Um, so, I mean, that's basically all we had for like main content, two other things that we wanted to mention. Um, I'm going to mention this one real quick and then we'll get to get into the final thing that we're going to talk about. A drama. So yeah, a little bit of drama, more drama. Um, so Kemba Walker sidelined for the rest of the season. Now, um, Nick said that they were going to find a trade for him in the off season. I think that's smart. Definitely smart. But I thought when I saw this, I was like, why did you not trade him? Earlier, right. because he was basically sidelined. Mm-hmm. He had a good, like, two-week stretch mm-hmm. where he started and he put up, like, a solid 20, 25 Probably a game, better. you know, for a decent bit. Um, but now it's like, okay, you had him sidelined for a couple weeks after that point. Like, why didn't you trade him at the deadline? Right. You know, like, maybe nobody wanted him, but then you're going to also be hard-pressed to find a trade for him in the offseason. Um, so that's just kind of weird. It's Knicks, of, yeah, it's a bit of a weird situation. Yeah, and then, I mean, it's just a testament to the Knicks just screwing everything up that they possibly can. They need, they, they need some. Uh, like, the, even after uh, Jackson left, like, they still need to, like, fix a lot with their – front office because like there's clearly things that are going wrong past just the players oh absolutely 100 percent. i mean they have like solid talent i mean to be fair also some of their players are having strong seasons yeah but um also i mean it's funny because tibbs went from coach of the year last year now to coaching one of the worst teams right now he brought their defense up to five last season i think it's back down to like in the bottom like 50 percent yeah. Um, so strange situation with the Knicks. Figure it out or don't. I don't care. I'm a Brooklyn fan, so you know I don't care what happens over there. But um, so finally to to end this, we're gonna talk about a little bit of drama that's going on. So, um, at the trade deadline, which we did cover this, um, or a little bit before the trade deadline, um, we talked about this a little bit. Um, so CJ McCollum goes over to Portland or goes from Portland to the Blazers for um Larry Nance. 
Uh, Josh Hart was included in that going to Portland. There was like a whole trade, which I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Yeah. Also, Josh Hart and Larry Nance switched houses, which I think is hilarious um, because they were like, I mean, hey, like we're both going to the same city. We're friends. Why would I want to buy a new house? So that's funny. But um, so what we want to talk about here is the fact that JJ Redick goes on first take. Great analyst, by the way. Yeah, no, one of yeah. the one of the best player two analyst uh, guys we've ever seen. JJ Redick is a very smart guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he still does his podcast, but when he was doing his podcast, it was interesting. Um, it was really awesome. He yeah. brings on a lot of NBA players and they just talk about stuff about basketball. And it's really good. Um, but JJ Redick goes on first take and says, which Sidebar, I guess they replaced Max Kellerman. No, because is Stephen A. Smith still doing first take now? Mm-hmm. So did they re- just replace Max Kellerman with J.J. Reddick? I don't think they replaced him. I think they're just doing like different guests every once in a while. Because okay, yeah. I was going to say they just like switched the white guys out. Yeah. But like, I guess not. Um, but yeah, so J.J. Reddick goes on first take and calls Zion a detached teammate. Yep. So Zion and J.J. Reddick were teammates for two seasons. So about I think that, maybe something three, like that. Yeah. Three. So J.J. Reddick played on the Pelicans for a little bit, which he was pretty good from what I remember. He's yeah. a great three-point shooter. Um, Very good player. And uh, Zion got drafted to the Pelicans, so they played a little bit together. Um, and he went on and called Zion a detached teammate. What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, based mm-hmm. off of um, – you know, based off of obviously like Zion's injury, you know, he's having, you know, another foot surgery or might need another foot surgery, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, he, and he's a big guy. I mean, he's gained a crap ton of weight um, and, you know, I, there have been stints where it sees where you feel like you, you're seeing Zion not care about the sport as much. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So I think that, you know, when even on injury, when CJ when it was announced that CJ McCollum got traded to the team, he didn't reach out to CJ McCollum. And I think that that showed a lot in how Zion acts as mm-hmm. a teammate. And like his priorities. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, fun fact, they were both in Portland. Zion is doing rehab in Portland and CJ got traded from Portland. So he was still there. So, um, I mean, even grabbing like a coffee yeah. would have been fine. Even you know? just a text message, like JJ Reddick said on on first take, like even just a text message saying hello or whatever, yeah, be like, like, hey, what's up? You know, welcome you know, to the team. Exactly. You know? It's not like you can't be like, oh, I didn't have his number. It's like yeah. you are an NBA player. You can get his number. If he beco- if a player yeah. becomes your teammate, or you know, whatever the situation is, drafted, traded, I don't care. Um, you make an effort. With that teammate, like he is now your teammate, you are act, act, make it act like it, you know, yeah. like Zion is just completely not existent with the Pelicans currently right now. And I think that that is a depressing thing to note because, mm-hmm. you know, Zion has so much potential. He was such a highly rated player when he first came into the league, mm-hmm. dominated in his first when season. When he played, he yeah. was an absolute beast. When he plays, he's an absolute beast, and and he just it shows for me that he just doesn't care, and it, it's really disappointing to see that for such a player for a player that had such potential. Yeah, no, it definitely sucks. Um, I, when JJ Redick said that, um, I I can't say I was like surprised. Like obviously, I wasn't like oh look, I knew that, but I was like okay, like I can kind of see that, especially since um, I. I guess going to Portland. So my thing about him going to Portland is that is like the furthest possible distance you can go. Right. To like do your rehab, which is like, okay, is there like, there's like a special doctor in Portland that he's going to see. That's fine. 
But at least for me personally, if I was in this situation, which I mean, I obviously can't speak to it that well because I have zero experience with any of this stuff. But I feel like if I was in this situation, I would try to be a little bit closer to the city, yeah, you know, that I'm playing in just to be like, try to be with the team, try to be at the games. Try and be as active as possible, yeah. You know, because like you still see – Kevin Durant with his injury, he's been on the bench every single game. He's every traveled time. with the team every single time. You know, um, you see, even James Harden, he has not played yet in Philadelphia. He's he will be playing tonight, yeah. uh, Friday, um, but he's still supporting the team. He's on the bench. Ben Simmons not ready to play, but he's on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, a lot of these guys get injured. He is working out with Kyle Korver, which you gotta think as a Nets fan, you're like. Yes, finally. But then also, then you get flashbacks to those summer training videos where he's like nailing 10 threes in a row and then comes back the next season and doesn't do anything with it. And you're like, okay, so what? But can I even trust this? But anyway, what you're saying. um, Yeah, no, so I'm excited for that. But you see a lot of these guys, they're involved with the team still, even throughout injury. And I guess the only thing that, because I don't want to like be, you know, crapping all over Zion, but like, there's a point where you got to be like, do you really care about this team? Exactly. And if you do, you got to act like Right. You know, for right. sure. It's, it's, like I said, it's just very depressing to see such a talented player or potential to be a very talented player mm-hmm. and just want to kind of throw it away. Yeah. I mean, this guy could have, this guy, if, if he was, this would have been his second year. Third? Third. Third. So this would be his third year. Um, I think. He could be, what, he was drafted in 19. Yeah. So so going this into would his third. Yeah, yeah. So next. So he's been two years. Would have been in his second year. Um. He, I mean, he could he could be MVP candidate in the next couple of years. You know, if he was keeping up what he was doing. So now the work. Yeah. You know, and I mean, obviously, you get injured. Okay, it's fine. He's rehabbing it. It's not like he's just sitting at home doing nothing. You know, he is rehabbing it. But well. The only reason why I'm kind of like, well, <laughs> a lot of people have to well, say because like, I, I'm not saying that he's not rehabbing mm-hmm. it, but at the same time, it's also like, dude, you can't gain a hundred pounds since you got drafted. Yeah. No, that, like, come no, on. Apparently he did show up the training camp weighing 300 pounds. Like, no, you that's can't do point. that. That's like, that really shows that you don't give a crap. Like, so if you're also injured now and then like not doing the most that you can to rehab it to get back, then what the hell are you doing? Yes, yeah, seriously. My theory is that the fat suit that James Harden put on <laughs> to uh, get out of Houston, um, <laughs> Z- he gave it to Zion and he was like, listen, bro, if you don't want to play on this team. How Zion just ate his fat suit. Yeah, point is, is uh, it's difficult to see if Zion really cares about the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because, like, he totally could have put the Pelicans, like, on the map. 100%. You know? And, like, the Pelicans are still, like, down bad as all hell right now. Um, because they seem to just not have any luck. They always have injuries uh, and all that garbage. Um, literally their two most dominant players have like Anthony Davis when he was playing with them was an absolute beast yeah. got injured a bunch of times mm-hmm. okay and now Zion absolute beast prone to injury yeah. so um, maybe just like don't go to New Orleans or something is Brandon still on New Orleans yeah and he's playing pretty he's well he's good he's like, pretty yeah. well you know he's like the one shining spot now they have CJ McCollum I think personally so, he was one of the only players that actually like improved on that team 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's like weird, yeah, because usually you see like New Orleans where like someone's gonna go there and then they like get like worse, <laughs> right? But um, no, I mean Brandon Ingram. Shout out to Brandon Ingram. He's he's doing really good. My uh, best small forward in the league, honestly. For sure, most improved player. Uh, at some point, 2015, 2016, or so. something like that. But um, either way, he's been putting in the work and. Look where it's got him now. He's a twenty. He's he'll give you twenty a night, easy for sure. Um, you know, so it just really sinks. You know, Zion was fun to watch too as Very a fan. Fun. He Very was fun. fun. Yeah, he brought like like he he just brought bully ball yeah like, back to like a whole new level. Hundred percent. He he would just get in the paint and just be a problem. People were excited to see him be like the presence that Shaq was on the court where yeah. he, you were just intimidated by his presence. Yeah, exactly. He has Hall of Fame intimidated. Yeah. Like, the man's an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, we could talk about Zion probably. We can make this a whole other segment in and of itself. For sure. So, uh, we're probably going to stop it there. Um, so, if you're listening, thank you for making it this far through our ramblings. Um, <laughs> I know Makoto has, like, his whole thing. Um, five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, check us out on Instagram, Twitter at SportsBitsPod. Um, check out our website, SportsBitsPod.wordpress.com. Um, I'm pretty proud of it. I would really appreciate it if people check that website out. And click that subscribe um, button on YouTube. Definitely click that subscribe button, the like button, anything. Um, actually, the biggest thing that I learned is if you leave a review for us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that's like the best way to uh, get us more well-known. So please, if you can do that, do that. We would love that. Um, and yeah, we will see you next week on Sports Biz Podcast. Peace. Hey, you said, oh.